0: The man who had the news on Bill O'Brien is about to join us on the Harbor One Hotline. Noon straight up with Gresh and Fourier here on WEI. Go to Gresh Fourier WEI on Twitter to vote for the always fun What You Want to Hear. We've got two players on uh, different playoff teams bitching. But uh, our friend Tommy Curran is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran, a 1-800-GET-HAIR by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. To the Harbor One Hotline with our friend Tommy Curran. Tommy, good afternoon. How are you, friend? What's up, Andrew? Hello, Christian. Hello. Uh, you had the nugget. The target is Bill O'Brien. Should we be throwing babies in the air just yet?
1: Uh, I would refrain from baby throwing in general. Okay. It's just, dice- it's just a dicey operation, Andrew. <laughs> um, no, I don't think... Look, with each opening at offensive coordinator that emerges around the league, you have to have a little trepidation that there's going to be a situation that Bill O'Brien likes better than New England. I don't think there's a question that Bill O'Brien is more than amenable to coming to the Patriots that he wants to, will he want to go someplace else more because of money, opportunity, um, autonomy, whatever San Diego, excuse me, the Chargers being the latest one to open up this morning with Joe Lombardi being dismissed. Um, so I think there's things to work through, but ownership, has in the past shown an interest in Bill O'Brien. I was able to establish by folks close to to Bill Belichick that he would absolutely like to work with Bill O'Brien. I went back and found some comments that Belichick made about O'Brien in 2016, about how much he learned from him, how much he enjoyed working with him. O'Brien has made it clear he wants to return to the NFL, and I've been told specifically by folks around the team that that's who they want to do the job. So
2: does he get it? Do they work it out? Don't throw the babies yet. Don't throw the babies ever. So let's just say, is that the best case scenario for this team?
1: By a long shot. Yeah. Don't you, well, I mean, I, yeah. you're asking me, but I, I, I like having these conversations with, with both of you guys. And, you know, we share all perspectives on this that are valuable. But in my estimation, here's why Bill O'Brien is best. <clears throat> Pardon. Um, first, He's pre-vetted by Belichick. He won't have to be in his business. He can just say, Bill, take care of the offense the way I used to have Josh take care of the offense. Please, thank you. He also has the relationship with Mac Jones, which is well-established from their time together at Alabama. He can either run the O'Brien offense. He can run the Alabama offense that he came to understand. He can sprinkle in some of the West Coast that the Patriots wanted to pivot to, if they so choose, if they still find that attractive. I think that versatility speaks a lot. Um, There's comfort with all the people involved. Patricia, who will certainly, I'm sure, still be around. Ownership, Gerard Mayo, if he becomes somebody who is looking like a successor. So, yeah, I think he's the best person for the job in so many ways. Do you?
0: Oh, it's not even close. Yeah, it would be the seamless fit. And I guess the question is, Tommy, because even we sort of broached the idea and we sort of wrapped it into, you know, Tom Brady that, say, Sean Payton goes somewhere and there's an established quarterback and Brady can't go with him. Would then Bill O'Brien be a pivot for Tom Brady in terms of matching up to maybe go somewhere else? But in the event that it isn't Bill O'Brien, is there even a clear number two that would make a lot of sense?
1: That's a great question. My conversations was indicated to me that while O'Brien is certainly the target for Bill Belichick, he's never a a one-dance partner guy. He's going to look at it as, as this year exhibited. There's a lot of guys who could do that job. I mean, he's now got the lowest bar possible in terms of experience, established, but whether it be Chad O'Shea or Mike Kafka, that would be a lateral move, of course, Um, I'm just throwing out names of guys who, look, Nick Cayley, he's going to interview with the New York Jets for an offensive coordinator position. Would the Patriots want to re-up with him when they didn't last year? Imagine that the the guy who's sitting in the tight end's office as a coach is now coveted by one of your division rivals as an offensive coordinator, and you went out with a straight face with a defensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator all year
2: still mind-boggling wolf man I, I didn't even know i didn't even see that he was getting that interview <clears throat> i just thought that he was going to be gone and they would have to find a replacement for him So, so that leads me to Gerard Mayo. mail what's the latest on that after that press release that the patriots were going to were working on you know getting a extension done and obviously cleveland has hired a defensive coordinator so he's not interviewing what's the latest with uh, gerard mail
1: that they're working towards making sure that he is here long-term. And I think that both sides are extremely amenable to that happening. And the reason, I guess, as we kick it around, why would the Patriots put out a release? And it has just as much to do with you know showing teams, hey, hands off, he's our guy, but also making sure that Gerard Mayo understands expressly what Josh McDaniels didn't understand in 2017 when the Indianapolis Colts came calling. He never knew the Patriots wanted him to stick around. I mean, I talked to him during that year, and he would say, they have shown no inclination at all of keeping me. So that's why we all, okay, and McDaniels himself goes and takes the job, and then the Patriots say, we'd really like you to stay. Well, that really damaged his brand. Yeah. And there's no reason to play the shell game with titles and affinity for different guys and commitments. And I don't think it was ever as productive as Bill Belichick has thought it was. Yule was really productive. Tom Brady was really productive. Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, Bill Belichick himself and the stuff he hatched. The titles and the withholding of titles was never the reason they won.
0: Totally agree. Players, coaching was a part of it, but the title thing, you know, it can be overblown. It could be, uh, yeah, I think it's more of a fan deal. But that said, Tommy, does a title go with Gerard Mayo? Does assistant head coach fit? So that way you don't make him to D.C. and you don't upset Junior Belichick, but you're also doing what you need to to keep Gerard around. Even though Gerard... Might end up getting a title like that, and if Bill O'Brien comes in, he'll be addressing the team when Bill can't be there in front of three guys that were head coaches already in the NFL. It is kind of wild when you think about it. But then again, am I barking up the wrong tree? Does Mayo need that title?
1: Great question at the end, and all of it was great, Andrew. I don't think he needs the title. He doesn't need the title. He just needs to understand that there is, a long-term plan that lets him get the professional satisfaction that he covets, which is to be a head coach, to run a team. And there's no way to give an assurance of that. There's too much time between now and when Bill Belichick says, I'm hanging up my whistle. But to feel as if that opportunity exists here where he's comfortable, where for Bill Belichick too, I think this is important to remember because, you know, is this like planning the wake around the guy? No. For Bill, I'm sure he looks at it and says, look, I drafted the guy. I'm the reason you even know who he is. I drafted him. I made him a captain in 09. I fostered the, the ability to be a, a football mind here while he was here. Brought him back from the business world. He started. He did the dirty work for us. He elevated himself. And now if he becomes my successor, that reflects great on me. It's not the crafts. It's all of us. And I think that hopefully as this season gets further in the rear view, there's more of a feeling of unity between head coach, owner, because Bill Belichick should never work anywhere else. And there should never be a release that says there was a mutual parting of the ways. And we thank him for his service. He should be able to kick his ass straight upstairs, and sit there in a booth and eat popcorn and watch the team that he created until he's done doing that.
2: So we're talking to Tom E. Kern. And Tom, Thanks after watching I listen, I gotta to give you full credit. After watching this uh, this weekend's game, Super Wild Card Weekend, are you more optimistic or pessimistic about the Patriots' future moving forward? Boy, I think I'm optimistic in that I think they
1: understand that they have to address their offensive shortcomings. There's a lot of people who looked at the Patriots and said, well, they can play with those guys. Yeah. The Patriots are every bit as stupid as the Miami Dolphins. This year, yeah. Every bit as stupid. So the notion that Bill's going to go out there and big brain everybody in the playoffs, they didn't watch the same team as me. Patriots are one of the dumbest teams in football this year. So that doesn't get satisfied unless you put an offensive coordinator in place. Also, the Patriots scored 32 touchdowns in 16 games. So that's less than 14 points a game on offense. How is less than 14 points a game on offense going to help you beat the Chargers who put up 27 in the first half? Or the Jaguars who put up 30. Are the Patriots going to big brain them on defense and stop them? Maybe, but I didn't see a lot of that
2: against playoff teams. So, well, you did say did you optimistic, didn't season? you? I feel like you're you're you said optimistic, <laughs> but you're giving me a, a pessimistic definition. I, know. I feel but like you. Said... I feel like you have to talk yourself into it now, right? I feel like is that but what you're cure, doing?
1: It's just how bad they were is starting to be undersold as we move one week away yeah. from the season. They really stunk. They were dumb and they couldn't score. Other than that, they were terrific. And
0: that's and the people were turned off by the product. And Go that's that and, and, and no, but Tommy, that's the crazy part of it is that they were dumb, they were stupid, and if they figure out how to beat Cincinnati late, or if they don't completely lose their mind against the Raiders, which was an all-time bonehead play, I think that's the sort of the the mind screw is that even though they were disorganized, dysfunctional on offense, couldn't score, all that stuff they were still a whisker away from maybe getting their ass kicked in Buffalo on Sunday, but at least but, it would have made you feel better that you went and got your ass kicked in Buffalo on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and you would have felt a lot worse if Marcus Jones didn't bring back a punt against the horrible Jets.
0: No, that, I, mean, I mean, it's we true. Could, you're right. you like, can go the other way in the right. 6-11. You're right, and yeah. that's the thing. And normally we're used to 75% of the time that go in the Patriots way, which is why they had the records that they did. I mean, it's it's really amazing. And you look around the league, too, Baltimore, like what's going to happen with them? It feels like that when you look at some other teams, like for the Chargers, it's, oh, well, they made the playoffs, but how do they break through the glass ceiling? If it's Baltimore, who's going to be their quarterback long-term? Meanwhile, it feels like stuff is fixable here. Whereas when I look in Baltimore, if Lamar yeah. Jackson and his mom are going to sit and pout out in front of, you know, the, the doors of the facility, there ain't much they can do. Do you have a quarterback? Do you have a culture? Do you have an ownership who's committed
1: to winning? Um, Do you have a head coach who knows what he's doing and understands situational stuff and understands what good football is? Yeah, Patriots have all those things. Do they have some money to spend? Yep. Do you have a top 15 draft pick? Yep. You should be encouraged because all you have to do is put that square peg in the square hole that is Bill O'Brien in the offensive coordinator spot and zoom. Back so to 11
2: wins. so okay, I, I'm I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for a long time, at least you know until Brady actually you know makes the decision, retires for the second time, but then comes back. But what are your what's your gut telling you about what Brady will do? We'll start with will he play or not, or will he retire? And then what team do you think is the best fit for him?
1: My mind says that he will continue to play because I'm looking at the level at which he's playing and the ability that he still has in the arm and in the knowledge and say nobody wants to bring that gift and just sit there on it and not use it. So my mind says it, but then when I watch him coming off the field saying, with his parents standing there as he comes off for ostensibly the last time, him thanking the Tampa Bay media in a way that I don't think he's done in the past. Is he just covering his bases just in case, and then Tom Sr. and Galen will be standing there in twenty twenty five as well, when he leaves the field for the Raiders. I don't know. So my, my mind says he he's too good to quit and he understands that. But then my you know, the sentimental side and the, the the deductive side says he's doing all this stuff that makes it look like he's gonna leave.
2: So where would you go if you were him? I'd be uh, done. I, I would be done. My my my, my thought po- process on this is that only a couple players have the storybook ending, and I feel like he had that the first year he left and he wins the Super Bowl. So he could be Jerome Bettis. He could be Michael Strahan. He can be all those guys that win it their last year. He kept pushing it. Now it's a gamble how it ends. It could be, it could get worse. Tommy, I think it's going to be yeah.
0: hard for Brady to resist going to
2: Vegas on multiple levels. Oh, I th- I say easy to resist. This is where we differ. That's the last place that, I think he'll go,
1: and that's the that's the aspect that we don't understand of his his private and personal life with his family and good point. Um, where that stands in terms of how are the logistics of his children, and all of us understand that that is the most primary thing, and we could put band aids on things and say, well, this person has them on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I'll be there. It's it's a, impossible when you know that you have the ability to be there, and you're choosing not to in a form- in those formative years. So I think that's always going to be something that we look at. Does Vegas allow them to do that? Not really. Would Miami? Well, they just committed to Tua. But if I was putting money anywhere, I'd say Lamar Jackson goes to Miami before Tom Brady.
0: Woo! interesting stuff there. By the way, Tommy, quickly, because I know basketball scratches your itch. Is Tatum your MVP to this point?
1: No. Ooh, interesting! It's a three-way tie. Ooh. I mean, every single night somebody turns something in between Doncic, Jokic, and and Tatum. It's insane. So, it we're treated to watch those three.
0: There it's we go. Unbelievable. Oh, they really are. Jokic is just such a unicorn for crying out loud. Well, we'll unpack the NBA another time with our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston, dropping the Patriots knowledge. Tom, good chat. Thank you, friend. All right, great stuff. See you guys.